it's surprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my team. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Ramblings on the run with Allie and Matt. Allie fella, I am so excited to chat. No, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. Your excitement has obviously piqued my excitement. Why are you so excited? Wait, how prepared are you for this conversation? Not as prepared as I was like to be, but more prepared than I usually am. Okay. I have so many bullet points. I'm so excited. Can we explain the process of how we do that? I know we kind of talked about this, I think, last month, but like to give people an idea of how these episodes come together, we tend to text each other the day before and say, what should we talk about? And for that fourth segment, right? Like the first half of this is always the same, but that fourth segment, we change it up. And you oftentimes pitch ideas that have to do with sports. And I don't know what to do with that. But this time (laughs) you went pop culture and I am so excited. So I just, this is all you, this is your idea. I will take no credit for any of it, but I, I don't know. I'm just really, I, I also did a dress rehearsal of this last night and I read my ideas to my mom and she laughed out loud. So I'm feeling really confident about this. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Yeah, uh, my I, dogs, I my dogs were not impressed with my, um, with my comparisons, but we'll get into it in a second. Yes. We spoke yesterday and the idea that I pitched to you that you readily agreed with and could not wait to get started on was thinking about TV shows that we like, and then taking, say, the cast of that TV show and saying, okay, if this was a running team or a running group, what, like, which place would each character have in that group? And the example that I use, and I'll use again now, was like, if, say, we're going to take Friends, like, okay, now all of the characters from the show Friends are going to be a running team, which you know, what, what, what would those characters do on that running team? And like, so Monica would be a great example of like the half stepper, right? The person who you'd run alongside with, but not quite because she's always one half step in front of you because she's like super type A achiever person. And we thought, okay, let's each pick out three shows. We'll create our little mini roster with our, with our, with our examples. And then we decided that we weren't going to tell each other which shows we picked because maybe if we happen to choose the same show, we might have come up with different roles. And with that said, I'm not going to lie. I like was 100% sure that you would pick Schitt's Creek because you've talked about that show, I think on every episode. So I'm like, I'm going to leave, I'm going to give that to her. I'm not going to choose that one. Um, But also hearing you describe it just now, there's a chance I did it wrong. (laughs) So let's just see what happens. My excitement (laughs) is slightly diminished. I might have misunderstood what we were doing, but we're going to have a great time. All right. Well, then you're going to go first when great. we get there. Halfway through, you'll let you go first, and I'll and I'll I'll tailor mine to fit perfect what, what you're up to. <laughs> All right. So, first things that we always like to do is talk about basically what's going on on the run, things that we are loving right now, and things that we are excited for. Like I am excited for the fact that I remembered that. I I am so proud of you. I when I texted you yesterday saying, just a reminder, this is what we do. It wasn't because I thought you needed that reminder, more just like to put it out there, you know? So I'm really proud of you. I think it was both of those things. (laughs) I just like to be really prepared. (laughs) Yes, I am that person who was like, no, you can totally take the lead on the group project this time. And then I micromanage the hell out of it. So it's weird that I haven't kept in touch with more people from high school. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Well, you moved back there. So maybe you're just worming your way in. Yeah, (laughs) working on it. Um, Okay, how's it going on the run? It's good. Running is good. I actually 
about two hours ago, I got back. I did um, finish the run today. Today, we're recording this on February 23rd, which um, was the day that one year ago, Ahmad Arbery was killed uh, while out on a run. And so the 223 Foundation, they put together, I mean, they've done a lot of really great stuff over the past year, but uh, this is called Finish the Run, which I think is a really poignant title that um, he didn't get to finish his run. He was out for a run when he was killed. And so uh, they had some goals for this run, which is obviously a virtual run for most people. Um, I did it by myself. Um, and if you're interested, you have until March 3rd to run it. So you can still do this for a great cause. Um, as of the last update that I saw, I know they had around 5,000 runners committed to doing this. And the number I loved so much was more than 250 teams and clubs that had signed up to run together. That's a ton, 250, like that's huge. Um, and also very cool. They had at least one participant from every state in the United States. So representing New Hampshire up here alongside many others, I'm sure, but um, just, you know, brought quite a bit more meaning to today's run. Um, I chose not to listen to anything. I normally listen to either a podcast or music, but today was kind of like, nope, I can spend this run uh, using my brain and either thinking or not thinking. And so obviously uh, plenty to think about on that run, but um, I'm fresh off that. So that's sort of top of mind because um, yeah, it was a, a meaningful run. And I was talking to a friend yesterday and I was like, you know, it doesn't seem like a year ago. And then I was like, well, it it wasn't. I mean, it was. It was a year ago that he was killed, but it was not a year ago that we all knew about it because it took months and the video coming out so uh, for it to be national and international news. So all that to say, um, I did that today. I encourage everyone listening, if you want to bring some more meaning to your own run, check it out, the 223 Foundation. Uh, they have a great website, very easy to find all that information. So I did that. Um, and on a much, much lighter note, uh, I achieved my dream, which was like the second, probably even before I found out I was pregnant, I was like, someday we will run a 5k as a family, me pushing the stroller and my husband with our dog. And we did that on Valentine's day. We all went out and ran a 5k, not together because my husband did not want to run with me. So I had Annie in the stroller and Brian and the dog were um, a couple minutes back, but, uh, still achieved the goal. So that was, I think any runner parent who really loves running, like we don't want to push our families into it. We don't want to force them to care. But um, I, on my favorite holiday, got to do my favorite thing with my favorite people and puppy. So that was pretty special. How cool. Yeah. I know, I know you're a huge Valentine's Day person. Actually in your last, in your last Ask Allie episode, you touch on that. I love those episodes, by the way. I'm not going to be too you. corny and put that in like things that I'm loving now, but it, I wanted to bring it up because <laughs> I am a big fan of it. And um, yeah, you doing you do a great job. I think there was one person who asked you about your shared love of Valentine's Day. Yeah. I was excited to hear more. Um, Wait, you need to call in with a question for the next Ask Allie. I would love that so much because you'll ask like a. I feel like you'll ask a really good question. It'll make me think. So no pressure, but you know. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, this is like the fourth time you've told me to do it. Well, you know I what? It. I really have to do it. Do you, do you know the number off the top of your head? Because it, like, it is your number, but like it's not like your actual phone number. No, it's not my phone number. It is a Google Voice number. It is 917-947-9699. So, they actually, so 917, they actually tailor it to like your normal zip, your normal area code? 
You get to choose. And I was like, I feel like I should choose a 603 because I'm in New Hampshire now, you know, a nice homage to my past. But they did not have any 603 numbers available. They were like, Google Voice is not an option in your area. I was like, well, burn Google. Thanks. So I went to the opposite. It's like, is New Hampshire just killing Google Voice? I mean, maybe, maybe all the numbers are used up. So I had to go 917, which I mean, I'm a proud 917. That's what my my own phone number is. So New York for life. There you go. All right. right. Yeah. Tell me about Um, your running. Well, I feel like I know about your running because Mastering 40, you just had an episode about it come out, but uh, give us an update. Yeah. So Mastering 40 just came out. So it had been going pretty well. And then I tweaked my knee, um, cracking my ankle. Oh my God. Talk about embarrassing running injuries. You know what I mean? I feel like that baseball player who like he threw out his back sneezing and like had to miss like a week. Like that's basically like the running equivalent of what I did. Um, you know, basically when I wake up in the morning, like I, my whole body is like, it is, it sounds like someone making popcorn. Like everything oh. is popping. So my, I, 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 I kind of like twisted my knee to crack my ankle and then I mess up my knee. Anyway, um, so slight injury, not that big of a deal. I was actually able to do the stationary bike today for like 25 minutes, nice and easy. My knee didn't bother me. So that was good. So was, I thought it was just like a pain management thing. So. I kind of took last Friday off. Not off, but it been like two miles. Like, wasn't that big of a deal. I was like, oh, it's just about pain management. I can do that. So I went and ran eight on Saturday. And um, not that wasn't the best move. Oh. Not, not to say, you know, talking about understatement, that was not great. <laughs> so I was like hobbling around the rest of the day and like yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so did a little bike today. That was good. So I'm going to do a little bit more tomorrow, a little bit harder and for a little bit longer when like, they get into like 25 minutes today and then we'll see. Um, but I'm excited to kind of like step into it. Like I've had you know, some interesting conversations. I'm asking for it. Actually, I had an interesting conversation, uh, not a conversation, but a brief exchange last night with one of the people who listened to this show who was like, she was definitely calling me out. Like, she's like, you're not really committed to your goals. You're just kind of interested in them. Uh-huh. And it was like, yeah, like, it wasn't great to hear, but she wasn't really wrong either. So I'm not going to like hold it against her um, by any means. So I am excited to kind of like move forward because I, I have come a long way in the past six months for sure. But I could have come a lot farther. So I am excited to kind of step up my game a little bit. I kind of like got into like that little happy groove. You know what I mean? Like, it's and it's kind of like how you describe running before. I think it was on Ask with Ali in, in, in this as well, where you talk about like, hey, like you're not currently going for a particular goal. Like you're running the mileage and the amount of times per week that that fit you, and you're excited about it, and it's fun, it's enjoyable. You're getting a lot out of it, but it's not like a really goal oriented thing. And that I felt like in retrospect was kind of the zone that I had been into because like I was running six days a week. I was running roughly 35 miles a week, which is, which isn't nothing for sure, but it's also kind of like where like my happy zone was in the past. And I feel like it had like a gravity around it for me. Um, So I think I need to like, you know, kind of separate myself from that and kind of move a little bit more and kind of, you know, keep, keep moving forward a little bit. Cause I really hadn't over the last like six weeks, I've had some good workouts, but I just haven't, quite stepped up uh the way that i wanted to uh the, the this calendar year so i'm excited to once this figures itself out which shouldn't be more than a couple of days from now 
um, really kind of hold myself to a, a higher standard than I had over the previous six weeks and in years past, because that was kind of the whole point of this thing. Are you enjoying it? I am, but you know, it's supposed to be hard too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't expect it to be, you know, unicorns and jelly beans, you know, oh, all 12 months. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there, I, I am enjoying it, but I also enjoy like trying to like, you know, trying to do cool stuff in sport. And I just have to remember that, like, you know, that, that, that I'm right now, like I'm enjoying kind of like the gravity of like the comfort zone. And, but I also like the other thing too. I just have to kind of remind myself of that. Yeah. Well, you're doing great. Here's your monthly reminder. You're doing great. Hey, and thanks. Hey. And it's fun to watch. Hey, I remember, who, did you say your husband says you're a sandbagger? Yeah. Okay. An unintentional sandbagger. Because I really, okay. like, it's not, I would never be a sandbagger. Like, why would I want to be like that? I just have no idea what I'm capable of. And so when I run, and again, because I don't wear a watch, I don't, I just like run and I'm excited, just like with everything I do in life. I'm just like so excited about it that I just go. Um, so yeah, whenever I finish a race, he's like proud of me, but never surprised. And I'm always shocked if it goes well. And if I run a time that I'm proud of and he, yeah, he's just like, you're like a decent runner. You just don't know it. So yeah, he calls me a sandbagger. <laughs> <laughs> also, well, also mean people on the internet have called me a sandbagger before, but not to my face. It was more in an anonymous forum on the internet. <laughs> I was going to use it as a positive term because I finally started following you on Strava. And I, I never have. I don't like, I'm not too proactive with Strava. You know, I post on there, but I really don't engage. I just kind of like use it. I just upload stuff so I can use some of their like archiving tools and like, you know, like ways of just looking at the data basically. Yeah. So, but after hearing you talk about it one time, I was like, I, I should go on there. And I was like, I was not, I'm going to say I was shocked, but it was interesting. because like you consistently run more than 40 miles a week. And like, I kind of lulled myself into thinking, I guess, because like just the way you bring it up and talk about it, like if I ran as much as you do, like, I guess I would be like more, um, Way about it. Like I'm, just, I'm, a, well, I'm a bragger is what it is. Basically. Is what, so like, I would be like much more vociferous about what I was up to. And I was like, Oh, no wonder she's getting all these, like every year she sends a new, you know, mile PR and she's like doing these cool stuff. Like she's not coming out of nowhere. Like she's putting in like good work for like a bunch of weeks in a row. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, it's just running. Like, I know that sounds kind of, lame or cheesy, but like, I'm not doing track workouts. I walk up the hills. Like if you look mile, I think like two and a half on my route, I almost always run the same route. And at mile, like, or maybe it's like 1.7, there's a hill and I'm, I'm always just like, whatever. And I just like walk up it. I just don't care. Like, but that feels good to me. And so that's what I do. And then there are days where I'm like, oh, I'll run the hill today, whatever. Like, I guess I just don't take it too seriously. And to me, mileage has never been a thing to brag about. Like, there's always going to be someone more. There's always going to be someone running less. Like that to me, isn't something that I really care about. Um, even the, you know, mentioning 40 miles a week, like that's not a goal. That's just depends on how many days that week I got out and ran. Um, and yeah, lately I've been feeling pretty good. My Crohn's has been okay enough. My, I'm not dealing with any injuries, aches, or even little pains. So I'm able to get out there. Uh, 
so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There's nothing, nothing to brag about. I'm, I'm proud of my race times that I've done, but I'm not like, I don't think I'm doing anything too special though. Of course, if I had someone on my show who talked about themselves that way, I'd be like, what are you talking about? You're amazing. You're the <laughs> best. Like, but every run you do is awesome. So I'm like such a hypocrite, but you know. Yeah, that that dichotomy that you described is exactly how I feel. Like, I'm aware if, you, of it. if you were talking to you, you'd be like, here's your monthly reminder. You're doing great. I know. I know. I'm horrible. <laughs> but I'm aware of it. Like I have self-awareness. So doesn't that make it okay? Oh, the whole thing is okay. And I, okay. I feel like the, the braggy, like I I didn't I would never expect you to brag. And nor that I not to say that I will like come out and be like super braggy about it, but I definitely it definitely feels as though like maybe just because it's become just such an a common thing for you. Whereas like running 40, 45 miles a week, well for me it would be like a big accomplishment. I just feel like it's something that you've done so yeah. regularly that That's it's just like kind of like mileage. whatever. It's just, it is. that. That's just me. That's what I do. Yeah. All right. Which is cool. All right. So what are you loving right now? I have two things I would like to share today. Number one is Emily Halman, who she was the first ever guest on the Alley on the Run show. She's also a good friend of mine and she's been on the show a bunch. She has a newsletter called Trail Mix that she started a couple weeks ago. I think everyone should subscribe. It is, there's a lot of really great newsletters out there and I'm very into newsletters right now. It's just nice to have them right in my inbox. Uh, Emily's is great. Every week she shares a story, usually about running or running in some way as part of it. Last week it was about, um, I'll just say it was about her dog and everyone should go read it. Matt, I can send you the link if you'd like to include that in the show notes. Uh, yes, you're the, you're the queen of putting the links in the show notes. <laughs> I will reciprocate on this episode. I will make sure that happens. Well, everyone should subscribe. She's just, she's such a good writer. Like I made a career out of writing and I could never write as beautifully as she does. She's just so talented. I love her stories. And she used to have a blog that she updated all the time, sweat once a day. And so it's nice to get, Emily's writing in some form. So trail mix, very good running related or running adjacent newsletter that I highly recommend. And also I just wanted to share this article. There was a story on well and good the other day about living with your parents as an adult. And I have been doing that for just about a year now, me and my husband and daughter and dog live right now with my parents. And there's so much great stuff about that and silver linings and so much weird stuff and so much like, why am I acting this way type stuff. And this article just like talked about that in a way that didn't make me feel shame or embarrassed or like, why am I acting this way or like talked a lot about how when we're back at our parents' homes or the homes we grew up in, that we retreat into acting like the person we were when we last lived here. And I find myself doing that. Like the other day I went down to get my laundry out of the dryer and my mom had already taken it out and folded it. And I was like, you don't have to fold my underwear. Like we're good. I can do that. But she just like, she can't not help. And I don't necessarily need help, but also it's not the worst thing. And so it's just like, there's so many interesting things that come up every day. And it was great to actually read an article about that. And it was about like, you know, they interviewed experts and therapists and all that. So if anyone else has moved back in with your parents for whatever reason or whatever circumstance or whatever length of time, uh, check this out. It's on Well and Good. It's about adults living at home. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I have something similar over here because we intentionally moved across the street from my in-laws. So like I can see their house from where I'm sitting recording the show. So this is where we've lived now for the last five years. We did this on purpose. We wanted our kids to kind of grow up like either right near my mom or right near uh, my wife's parents. And it's funny now we live next to me or both. My mom moved to like three miles away, but um, yeah, so they're super duper close. So we had the situation where like, obviously they don't live with us per se, but like they'll, this was a little different during COVID. And then my mother-in-law was battling breast cancer last year, but like now, now like she's totally fine. And um, kind of everything is back to normal um, in terms of like us seeing them. So what happened is like, they'll just like come over, specifically my mother-in-law will come over just like, and just like drop stuff off. Or like, hey, I made you guys ham. Like, oh, we've got ham. Hey, look at this. Or like, she'll just come over, like, drop off cookies for the kids. And it's like, and like our kids see them all the time. You know what I mean? They'll just like run across the street. So like, we have this like very, we're not like, you know, codependent in a way, but like, we see them a ton. And it's like, if we go two days without seeing them, it's like, oh, wow, I haven't seen your mom in a while type feeling. And it's like, it's, you know, unique because like I didn't grow up with around my grandparents at all. Like no, I, me neither. I never saw my mom's mom and her dad died when she was young. And then on my dad's side, like they lived in Cohasset mass, which isn't that far away, but like, it's like an hour and a half. And we only really saw them on holidays basically. Um, and then my grandfather died when I was pretty young anyway. So it was like, I never really saw them. I didn't have like a relationship with them as a kid. Whereas like my kids like i was like that last summer it was the summer before so summer 2019 i swear to god my daughter slept at my at her grandmother's house more than our house that summer and it was like this is getting again thank you so much but i feel like i'm not really parenting right now like, yes. I just go over here a little bit more yes okay so that's something that my husband and i have talked about is we're like we we oftentimes don't feel like the parents and it's weird to like, especially when it comes to discipline, you know, because my daughter is two now. So we're in a disciplining, you know, starting to figure that out and try some things. And, um, you know, my parents, of course, are going to have their opinions about the best way to do things. And it's challenging. Like my parents are amazing. They are saints. I am obsessed with them. My mom is my best friend. But at the same time, like, yeah, that's super hard. And especially I think more so probably for my husband who like he's living with his in-laws and, you know, I can speak up and say like, Hey, that's actually not the way we want to do X, Y, Z. Hope I don't hurt their feelings. Remind them how grateful we are to be here. Like, uh, there's just so many asterisks on things. And so all that to say, it was nice to read about other people in that scenario. I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people have moved back in with their parents, including people who have kids. And I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about it because there's this shame about moving back in with your parents as an adult. And I don't feel any shame around it. Like this has been a huge silver lining. We're very lucky to be here. But yeah, I do want like, I'm like, I want more adults to talk to about this, about parenting while being parented, because it's a very interesting dynamic. Right. Because it's, you know, with, with raising kids or raising youngsters, um, even though they're not your youngsters. kids, youngsters, I was trying to think like what, what, what the, the grandparents would call them. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't call them like our kids or our kid or our Annie or whatever. But like, you know, it's one of those things where like reasonable people and reasonable minds can differ. And like people change their minds all the time with what they're like going to do from a discipline perspective or 
what they're trying today or like what they're going to be okay with today, you know, stuff like that. So it, it does get tricky. <laughs> not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. Um, again, not from like a negative perspective, just like everyone's no, different. All. Everyone's different. So you have these situations where like you approach it this way. I would approach it this way. The kid's kind of like, Hey, what's going on? And you're like, I don't know. Who's in charge here. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Yes. Are we do. Are we, are we doing cookies for breakfast now? I'm not sure. It feels like we are. <laughs> I am. Uh, what are you loving right now? Um, well, see, I, I am loving, and I say this in like, in not like the the typical way I would normally say it, but um, on the recommendation of the sports psychologist and literally every other person in the running community, I am now uh, listening to Bravey by Lexi Pappas, <gasps> yeah. which is a lot. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. And it's um it's very, very well done. I can't listen to it in long stretches because it is so heavy. And what gets me isn't necessarily the topics per se. It's her recollection of the topics, which like leaves me like off kilter because I keep bringing it back to me <laughs> should be like the name of my podcast and and back to me um because i sit here and i'm like wait are my kids gonna remember things this deep right with this kind of detail like what my daughter's eight alexi's talking about when she was six with the kind of detail and i'm sure insight is now the insight she was noticing at the time is you know comes with what comes with time but i'm like oh boy like this is my how Man, like I just keep thinking of my kids as like, you know, like they're not they're not old enough to, you know, to they're not fully formed yet. They're not gonna like remember this when they're 30 or whatever. Like, not that anything crazy is going on over here, but it's just like, you know, I make my own parenting mistakes more often than not. And I'm like, oh, you know, luckily they're not gonna remember this when they're older. But I'm sitting here like, oh shoot, <laughs> maybe they will. And I was just like, it like kind of set me on edge. So I'm like sitting here over here like this is so well done and so well articulated by such a thoughtful person. And I'm like, oh man, like I really, it, it was kind of an eye opening moment of like, you got to step up your game on parenting perspective. Like it's not just a matter of like getting to bedtime, you know, which is like kind of like what it feels like a lot of times it's, it's so much more important than that. But I know for me, oftentimes like it's just about like getting them through the day and just getting to bedtime. And that's been a default for me. And I'm not like pumped to admit that, uh, but it has been the case for quite a while or not quite a while. It's not like that every single day, but it has been that way for you know many, many days. And yeah, it, it was, it was really a wake up call for me in a sense to, to see these recollections of someone who I have talked to. And um, so there is that kind of humanizing moment. Like if this was a work of fiction, it would not, it would not have, and had that kind of immediacy for me. It was more of like, oh, a person I've met remembers their childhood like this with such, you know, such vivid analysis. I'm like, oh boy, like you got to do better as a parent. Like your kids are going to remember these days and you're better than this and stuff like that. So I'm loving it in the sense that it's like a really eye-opening thing. And again, it's it's not one of those books that for me, I can just like plow through and finish it, finish like eight hours of audio and like 36 hours. Um, like I'll do with like the, the comeback quotient that Matt Fitzgerald's book came out today. But um, nevertheless, that was a lot of words, but it was, it's just, it's just something that is having a big impression on me. 
I love that. It's so interesting to think about, you know, when I read it, I very much read it as a fellow runner and a woman. And thinking of it that way, I actually didn't even read it through the lens of a parent. Like certainly when she talks about, you know, her mom and all of that, like I thought about it, but I don't think I did the same type of reflection you did. So that's, I'll be reading it again for sure. Yeah, I can see why everyone has, I feel like I've had like hundreds of people recommend it either to me personally yeah. or just like out in social media, everyone. like, hey, everyone needs to read this book. Yeah, it's it's great. She's so talented. All right. That was kind of, that was kind of a downer, but I figured I would share that. Um, okay. <laughs> usually the things that I'm loving episode is a little bit more pick me up, but I'm just keeping it real over here uh, in Coventry, Rhode Island. All right. Last thing before we get to the big finale, which I know we are all so excited about, especially not even hearing Matt's Matt's Matt's, Matt's three running teams from uh, from from TV Land. Uh, I can't wait to hear yours. I just want to like fly through this last segment, but okay, I, I, do wanna, I do want to marinate in it. But lastly, what are you excited about? Okay, um, the these are a little self promoy, but uh, the on the job series returns to the Alley on the Run show next week. I love this series because it's very much with everyday runners. It's not professional runners. It's the everyday runner. It's it's a lot of people like you have on Rambling Runner, a lot of everyday runners who run because they love it. And the focus here is on their jobs. We're talking about what they do, why they love it. These are people who love their jobs. The lineup for this season, this is the fourth season of the On the Job series. It's so good. We're kicking things off with uh, like an actual aerospace engineer. Like, how are you so smart? What is that like? What is it like to be so smart? So I'm excited about that. Also, I'm very into Peloton right now since I got my, finally got my Peloton treadmill, like we talked about many months ago when I was very stressed about the delivery. And I'm interviewing two of my favorite instructors, Olivia Amato and Maddie Majacomo, who Maddie is from Rhode Island. He's another Matt from Rhode Island. So you, really? should, you should know him. Um, so I'm interviewing each of them separately, but those will be episodes actually, he, coming up. Actually, I can see him right now. I can see all of Rhode Island from from where I'm broadcasting. <laughs> Not only my in-laws' house. I, I think I he's right there. Like... I can see him through his window on his Peloton. Amazing. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm excited about. Tell me what you're excited about. I'm excited for the Trials of Vials this coming weekend. Big race down in Austin. Some of the biggest names in the running world will be there. Um, this isn't like big for COVID or, you know, cool for 2020 making the best of it. Right. This is just straight up a high level race with the best runners in America. And it's going to be awesome. So uh, I know they're, at least I think they are broadcasting live on the Sidious mag YouTube channel. And I'm just really excited. I mean, these are these are the people that we follow as runners. These are the pros that um, we're all excited to see. Some of them are going to be people who uh, we're following in Road to the Trials, which is back for season two. But Yay. even if season two Road to the Trials wasn't happening, I'd be still equally excited for this. This is going to be wonderful, and it's uh it's really exciting to see. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, the 2021 racing season is officially upon us we have the new balance grand prix last weekend ellie Perrier set of the two mile record oh, smashed the two obsessed. mile record smashed it 
it was insane to, 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 watch, awesome. to watch that. Yeah. Um, and there were so many other people who ran really, really well. And hey, it's here, right? Build up to the, to the Olympic trials is upon us. People are running super duper, duper fast all across the country, uh, all across the world, frankly. Just the times are, our times are going down. So basically, if you want to be in the Olympics this year, you better be having the best season of your life because that's how it's looking so far. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, we could talk all about that. I listened to your episode, the first one from the new Road to the Trial series, which congratulations on bringing it back. I'm super excited, but I listened to the episode you did with Mario and Lindsay, which was so fun. Uh, just to, like get excited. And I mean, holy cow, it was like you guys were able to talk for what an hour and it still only felt like scratching the surface of the depth of these fields and scratching the surface in a good way you did an amazing job but like oh no you're absolutely right like we didn't even talk about the steeplechase because i don't i don't have anyone who's running the steeple on the show like we missed entire segments of runners and we talked for an hour yeah it's it's the depth is amazing so fingers crossed that uh we have a trials and we have an olympics yeah absolutely it's gonna be fun uh it already is fun Right. I mean, hey, this weekend will be a blast. That's for sure. So I'm, I'm so excited. Really excited. Okay. So we're Segment gonna have four. A, is that, we're gonna get into it. Right. We're gonna take a quick break, quick ad break right now, and then we're gonna get into it with with uh what are we, what are we, what are we gonna call this? I, I called it TV show characters and plots as running shows. All right. There we go. All right. So let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by Seed. Probiotics are most effective when they make it to your colon alive. That's why Seed developed a patented two-in-one capsule that safeguards viability of its DSO-1 daily symbiotic through digestion to deliver the maximum dose to your colon. No refrigeration necessary. Visit Seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hey, everybody. Do you want to save money on your grocery bill? Well, every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. Try America's Best Value Meal Kit for planning dinners today. I love every plate for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I just love having things in my kitchen, especially in my refrigerator, that isn't the same old thing that I do every single week. Also, getting things that aren't too adventurous that my kids are definitely going to eat. Obviously, you're never going to beat that a thousand with that. But with every plate, my kids have really enjoyed it. And I like the food as well. And it's just not the same stuff every single week, which can get tiring. So you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week, swap proteins and sides for things that you like, so you can switch up your dinner routine however you want. And that's the key thing. It's however you want. There's so many options, and it's all great stuff, which is also huge. For me, the difference between this and some of the other uh, services in this genre are, first of all, the price. It's absolutely fantastic. We'll get to it in a second. 
the kinds of meals that are provided, that they're really good, but not too adventurous, have also been a huge thing for me. And now I've been using these more often now that groceries have kind of gone up and the price for every plate has pretty much stayed the same. So try every plate today. It's $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code RamblingRunner179. That stands for $1.79 per meal. So get started with every plate, like I said, for $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code RamblingRunner179 today. That's up to $104 value. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I heard other podcasters who were really into performance and athletics, people like Rich Roll and Tim Ferriss, who used it all the time. And I thought, hey, man, if they're going to use it, then I should too. And I'm so glad that I did. So what's in this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, all to help you start your day the right way. The special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, literally all the things. I mean, there's too many things for me to list. I actually have to like take a pause during the sentence, uh, but it's, it's legit and I'm so glad that I use it. I use it basically because I know that Getting my vitamins and minerals from from foods is probably the best way to do it, but I usually just don't have the kind of diet and make the kind of food choices that's going to put myself in the optimum position. And that's why I take Athletic Greens to make sure that I have everything I need because I know I'm probably not getting it from foods because I just don't quite have the, the discipline or the food choices that I need. And Athletic Greens is there to help me out. And I'm so glad that they are. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash rambling runner. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash rambling runner to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. All right, we're back. Allie, I got I to let you start. You're yeah, obviously okay. pumped. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited to hear all of these things and ask you 10,000 follow-up questions. So let's get into it. Okay. It should be no surprise that the show that I chose first is Shit's Creek. Not only is it my favorite show, I believe it is a perfect show. I am currently watching it with my mother and she is loving it. So that is a joy to get to experience it with someone else for the first time. I'm on like my seventh viewing. So... What I did is, I guess, not quite exactly what we talked about doing, but what I did is I basically scripted an episode of Shit's Creek called The Race. Here's what would happen on... It's not an actual script, don't worry. But here's what would happen on an episode of Shit's Creek about running. Episode title, The Race. Alexis would plan the race, and it would be amazing since she is a freelance brand invigorator. Proceeds would go to the turtles, or tortoises, that Ted is off studying in the Galapagos. The race would be called Galapago as fast as you can. Patrick would take training really seriously. He would take his nutrition really seriously leading up to it, much to David's dismay because David keeps forgetting and just wants pizza. So on race day, David would look on begrudgingly, caring mostly about the costumes for the race, understandably. 
But then on race day, seeing Patrick at the front of the line, David would get really intense about cheering on his new husband and it would just be delightful and he would be so proud. Johnny Rose would love all of this and, of course, want to support his daughter as she plans this. He would offer the motel parking lot as the start and finish line. He would also commit to giving everyone a cinnamon bun when they finish, as that is the Rosebud Motel's continental breakfast offering. Maura would be a bit judgy about Alexis's planning, as we saw in Season five Singles Week episodes, but ultimately she would be so proud to see it all come together flawlessly under Alexis's direction. Still, she would have nothing to do with the running, but she would have a wig fashioned into something of a sporty ponytail. She would look amazing and impractical. Stevie would be on the sidelines during the race tailgating. She'd be very drunk by the end. Bob would try to run and he would get injured right off the line because honestly, Bob is kind of useless. Ronnie would tr- would run. Ronnie would take it seriously. Her main goal would be to beat Patrick and she really wouldn't care. She wouldn't be that invested. Twyla would make post-run smoothies for everyone. So sweet, but she wouldn't know what's in them and everyone would get food poisoning. <laughs> the Jazzigals would perform at the post-race celebration. They would do a special arrangement all about frogs because Moira wasn't listening when Alexis told her the race was to raise money for turtles. And also it's supposed to be tortoises, not turtles. And that concludes this episode of Schitt's Creek. <laughs> Oh my God, that was so good. I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore because Mike can't compare to this. <laughs> that was so good. It felt oh funnier gosh, when I was reading Allie it to my Feller. mom. <laughs> that was remarkable. I'm way too obsessed with these TV shows that I committed to. But um, yeah, now it's your turn. Okay, hold on. Before we get there, can I offer a suggestion yes. for Moira? Yes. I think Moira would do all the things that you said. I love like the, the nod to singles week. That was great. Um, I can imagine her going in full ridiculous regalia and like doing like the weirdest like cup handoff. Like she was at like a cup aid station and she'd have like a variety of different like gimlets and things where like yeah. her goblets. And like really be, impractical ones too. Very, very yeah. impractical. It would basically be like the like the two benches that you saw um, in uh, Indiana Jones. Never seen it, but oh I believe you. Sorry. Oh my god! Sorry, I know. I feel attacked. <laughs> um, so, anyway, the Indiana Jones you have to you have to pick uh, the goblet that the, the 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 cup of Christ. Anyway, the basically the same sorts of of, of things, and then she'd like be handing them out in this really this wild flourish yeah, to each runner totally. that came by. Um, that was really good. I want to see you. that. Can yeah, you make right? this happen? I'll, I'll see what I can do. Oh, Dan Levy. Come <laughs> on. Forget oh, SNL. Best. Go on the Ali Feller uh, podcast it's, it's, so we can get this. Okay. So my first one, these are in no particular order. Obviously, you went with Shits Creek first because that's number one in your heart. Well, for me, I'll go with Parks and Rec. Great choice. Did you choose Parks and Rec? I didn't know. Okay. I thought about it, but then I was like, I I talked about Parks and Rec and my love for it a little bit when we were here with David Roche and I talked about um, stop pooping. So it's all yours. <laughs> oh, classic Chris Traeger line. Yeah. All right. So the, the cast members that I'm talking about are Leslie, Ron, Donna, Chris Traeger, Andy, Tom, and April. Okay. So April is definitely like the person on the team who's like the hide in the woods person, right? So say you're doing like an out and back run 
in the woods. She will stop like right at right as soon as you get into the woods. She'd like behind behind the trees, you know, smoke a cigarette. The team would come back, but she'd plan it perfectly. She wouldn't like come out like in first place because everyone would know. Like she would be, be much more schemy than that. Like she would like be able to really like make this happen for herself. So she would definitely be like that runner in the team. Okay. Um, let's see here. Tom. Tom's definitely the gear guy. Tom has like <laughs> oh my all God, the yeah. watches. He's got like two GPS watches, one on each hand. Cause he wasn't sure which one is going to, you know, mark his time better. He's not fast at all, but he's definitely wearing like the next percent, not only in practice, but like in the hallways at school. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, Chris Traeger is he definitely has some of the gear that Tom has for sure, but he's, he's the guy who is like completely obsessed with miles. So, so Chris Traeger, again, this is not a big departure. He's basically this person in the, in the actual show, but he's the person like on Strava who would never stop his run at like 5.97 miles. He could not do it, but he's also the kind of person who would basically have a migraine if like his run was like, say he was, you know, running at, I don't even know, like nine and a half minute mile pace. So it's like, all right, do I stop at, you know, six or seven miles? So I said, do I stop at, let's see here. Let's say he's running 845 pace, right? Does he stop at like, you know, at, at one hour or does he stop at seven miles? Because you can't hit both. Yep. So he's like in this limbo of like, does he stop? Which whole number does he stop on? And will the other one who's not quite whole bother him to distraction where all of a sudden he has to just run like 10 miles instead to like banish it from his mind. (laughs) All right. Donna is the person who is on the team because she's friends with everybody, does not care about running whatsoever, but has like the phone numbers of like four or five people on the opposing like rival team who like everyone's supposed to hate, but she's like secretly like crushing on. Yes. This is so good. All right. Leslie is the person who was not, was perfect, was completely not okay with like the chemistry teacher who was coaching the team for the extra $3,000 and ended up meeting with the athletic director to get this person removed from the team and did so so late in the game that she is now a runner coach. So she is coaching the team, but She's also running, but is the that's the rare runner coach who's not actually like the fastest person on the team. <laughs> okay, uh, Ron is on the team, but only shows up to the meets. He does not show up to practices, uh, but everyone knows he's running. But he refuses to conform to the idea of being told when to show up for practice or for runs. So he will basically run at any time of day. He's super hardworking, except for the time of day when Leslie tells him he has to run. Yep, that tracks. Uh, but he will show up to practice. I'm sorry, he will show up to, to the meets, but he will not go on the bus. He will find <laughs> his own way to the meet. So that's my my Parks and Rec team breakdown. I love it. That's so fun. This is great. I'm enjoying this. I hope people are too. Um, yeah, I have nothing. That who Who of those people would you most want to go for a run with? Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, Donna. Donna, that's my answer too. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely, Donna. I forgot Andy. Well, we know what happens when Andy tries to run. Yeah, exactly. He just he just strips naked on the track and lays <laughs> down and says running is hard. No, so, so this is in this situation, um, 
All right. So Andy's, I guess I'm trying to think about like cross country is in the fall. All right. So say, so Andy's actually a lacrosse player, but he got in trouble and suspended from the team. So the lacrosse coach is making him be on the cross country team to stay in shape and to like stay under the thumb of a coach. In this case, coach, nope. But he's not really on the team. He has just has to be there. I love it. Well done, Matt. Well done. All right. Team two, what you got? Team two. I want to be team one. Well, I'm saying this is your second team. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's sorry that I got so offended. Um, <laughs> okay. For my next show, I have chosen the 90s classic Saved by the Bell. Oh, that was on my list. I had a list of 10 shows I was choosing between. That was one of them. Yes. Um, so, I mean, we've already kind of seen this with the episode titled Running Zach, which in hindsight, like, Saved by the Bell really does not hold up well. There are a lot of really bad, like, stereotypes, a lot of misogyny. Zach himself is very problematic, which if you haven't seen uh, the YouTube series, Zach Morris is trash. It's amazing and spot on. So, um, okay, so the Running Zach episode kind of commendable if you remember like the show attempts to educate the characters and the viewers by being like hey there's more to you than just you don't you think you should learn where you came from like have you ever heard of this thing called ancestry which now people are just like ancestry.com but back in the Save by the bell day it was a project in their class and so for lisa she learned that she was related to a black american hero from the underground of the underground railroad pretty amazing discovery. But if you recall, for Jesse Spano, she learned that she is a descendant of slave traders, which is not great. And she feels very guilty because Lisa, her only black friend, happens to be a descendant of slaves. So it's like the whole thing on the episode. So there's that storyline. We can ignore Kelly Screech, which may he rest. Uh, and Slater, we can ignore them for now, because of course, the focus of this episode, as always, is on Zach. So Running Zach, just to recap that episode real quick. Zach is on the track team, and I will actually refer you to the IMDb description of this episode because I looked it up, and it says, if Zach wants to run the track meet, he better prepare his his ancestry report where he gets help from an Indian. So there's the recap. And after I read that, I was like, you know what? Let's actually skip the running Zach recap and I will do my own version instead. So in this case, I sort of, I went more your route and I did the characters as runners. And if this were an episode, it would be titled Zach runs into trouble as effing usual. So characters as runners, let's say Slater would obviously be the best runner, natural talent, But it's a problem because Zach would want to be a better runner than Slater because, of course, all he actually cares about is impressing Kelly. So he sabotages the big race. Unfortunately, his plan backfires. Slater tears his ACL and needs surgery, which, to refer to another episode, you may remember the episode where Zach needed knee surgery. That's neither here nor anywhere. So Zach's plan backfires. And while Slater is in having surgery, Kelly, Lisa, and Jesse, also known as Hot Sunday, perform Go For It from their acclaimed performance at the Max as Slater's about to go under anesthesia. Zach, typical Zach, soaks in the corner feeling guilty. Like, is this my fault? Yeah, it's your fault. It's literally always your fault. Screech tells Zach, He should stop trying to take the shortcut to success, and maybe he should do the work instead. Like, if he wants to be better than Slater, maybe he should actually just go to practice instead of sabotaging everything. So in the end, 
surgery goes fine. Slater would wake up from surgery. Kelly would give him a kiss on the cheek and cue music. As the music starts in the background, Zach would apologize. But unsurprisingly, Zach does not learn his lesson and does something selfish and stupid again the following week. And Valley wins the track meet because Zach messed everything up. So Bayside loses, Valley wins, Zach doesn't learn his lesson, Slater's the better athlete. I got a little angry about that one. I feel like I didn't really do the assignment. Because this show just played such a big part of my childhood. Like, I invited the cast to my fifth grade birthday party, and when they didn't show up, I was devastated. I did later meet Mario Lopez at the New York City Marathon Expo in 2011. I have a photo of us. Um, Not a huge deal, but like a pretty big deal. Anyway, that's Saved by the Bell. I got too angry to really, like, commit to that one. <laughs> you there was There was some salt. There was oh, some salt on that one. Um, Zach just never, like, he never learns his lesson. There's never any actual consequences. Everyone always it, forgives him. It comes him. across like you don't actually like Saved by the Bell, despite what you said in the beginning. I love Saved by the Bell. Okay. How How is that not clear? I love it, and yet I hate them all. <laughs> I don't know why that's confusing. I don't know I either. Where's the problem here? <laughs> um, okay, if your next show that you chose is The OC, I'm going to cry, but I do have a backup just in case, so it's your It's favorite. not. Yes. Um, I've never, I think I've watched like one episode of the OC. So you're, wow, you're about to safe. not get any of my references. Okay. You're safe with that one. Um, no. So next one is 30 rock. Great choice. Which I love. I love 30 rock. Okay. So 30 rock, we got Liz Lemon. We got Jack Donaghy. We got Tracy. We got Jenna. We got Kenneth, the page, and we got Jonathan, who is Jack's assistant. Uh, all right. Here, here we go. So Jack, in uh in this show's Alec Baldwin, he is like the classic letterman person. Like that he is in the show, he's the, the classic American classic American executive on our faux cross-country team. He is the same thing from a running perspective. He is like the rare cross-country person who will all of a sudden be like in the homecoming court. And not because he plays other sports or things like that. Like he is all cross-country all the time in this fictional world, and yet he is all things to all people. He's actually not that fast, despite everyone's like beliefs on this. Like, if you didn't go to a meet, you would think that Jack Donaghy was super fast. But just like in the show Thirty Rock, as he heads NBC, NBC isn't very good. Like the shows are awful in the show. <laughs> like the, n- none of the shows get any ratings. I think except for the show Milf Island. Which is like the only show in the whole tenure of the series of 30 Rock that actually gets ratings. So he's not actually a fast runner. He doesn't go to the state meet or anything like that, but he's just perceived as fast because of his classic Letterman ways. So that's Jack Donaghy. Jonathan, his assistant in the show, is also the little brown noser on this team. He just ferrets around doing every, every little thing for Jack. Um, he loves him so. Uh, mind, body, and soul. And he's like the kind of guy who like if Jack, you know, just like certainly not true to form, but say he like forgets his, um, his running shoes at home or forgets like his, his, uh, his spat, his spikes in his locker. Jonathan is immediately giving him his spikes, even though Jonathan's just as fast as Jack. He wants to do everything for him. He is sacrificing everything just to win Jack's affections. Um, that's Jonathan. Kenneth the page. Like, God, I love the characters in this show. Kenneth the Page is the kid who, on the team who, like, unironically is wearing very short shorts to yes. attract me. Yes, and everyone's 100%. like, what's going on 
with this kid. He looks like a human eraser. Um, and he's wearing these shorts that are like the one inch split. <laughs> he's like, he just doesn't get it. It's like the unintentional comedy of it. Um, for, for Kenneth the page, Jenna is all or nothing. She is, she either wins the race or she is faking an injury in an extremely flamboyant way out in the open. Not like the person who fakes an injury in the woods comes back hobbling. He's like, Oh, I stepped on a route. That's why I didn't win. No, no, no. She's doing it in sight of the finish line just to get everyone's attention. And it's all or nothing with her. And it's just like, you just can't keep your eyes off of her. Tracy as a runner is great. He's the person on the team who like, he, he's like the unintentional comedy of it. He's just constantly getting in to messes, right? So like you want him on the team, not even for the home meets. You love him for like the road meets because all of a sudden, like he's like getting on the wrong bus by mistake to go home and you have to figure out what the heck is going on and like all that stuff. Liz Lemon is in charge of keeping track of Tracy on this team. So she's like a captain of sorts, even though Jack is the captain, she's like the chief operating officer of the team. And basically her role is to keep track of Tracy. And in doing so, she really never actually runs a race. She's just kind of keeping track of where Tracy is at all times. Uh, because ultimately like he's just going who knows where all the time. And that is my crew from 30 rock as a cross country team. Nicely done. That also makes me really want to watch that show. I haven't watched that show in years now. It's just not one that I like go back to and rewatch often. And now I really want to. It's so good. That's the one I'm watching now. So this was like this was the first one I I, I started doing because I I love this show for sure. Well done. All, All right. right so you got well, the OC. OC next. Yes. Okay. So I was going to do Dawson's Creek, but ultimately I was just like, none of them would want to run. They would all skip the running part, except Andy, who would take it super seriously and be very disappointed. The rest of them didn't care. And then Pacey would come in and give a heart to heart to Andy about how it's okay not to care about the same stuff because they care about each other. And then Dawson would cry. And so I was just like, eh, not enough to work with there. So. I went with the OC and I'm sad that you are not familiar with this show, but hopefully at least one person listening has seen one of the greatest shows of our time. So here's what would happen on an OC episode about running. Ryan would go out for the track team. He has good natural talent, just like with soccer, just like as we saw in season one. Unfortunately, Luke hates Ryan because Ryan loves Marissa. So one day at practice, Luke shoves Ryan into a hurdle and says, Welcome to the OC, bitch. Sorry that you have to mark this as explicit now, but that's a really important part. (laughs) Ryan is not deterred. He's annoyed and he's committed to the team and he knows he will fairly beat Luke on the run eventually. Seth sits on the sidelines watching practice while conceptualizing his latest graphic novel, which would be called Running from Chino. It's about Ryan becoming a superhero whose power is literally running away from his problems. Kirsten and Sandy Cohen would be very excited to go to Ryan's track meets to cheer him on. Sandy's eyebrows would, of course, steal the show. Kirsten would bring snacks for Ryan to eat between events, but he would politely turn them down because, you know, he doesn't have time for that. Uh, Marissa would be drunk, but pretending to be supportive and pretending to care, but definitely drunk. Summer would be cheering the loudest on the sidelines, getting very into it, while also wondering which activity she should master next because she is perfect and she can do anything. Uh, Julie Cooper would have sex with the coach. 
Jimmy Cooper would punch the coach. It would basically be Cotillion all over again. It would be a disaster. Cue music. Mm, what you say? Mm, that you only. And then fade to black. Which you wow. didn't get. I didn't know, I didn't you know this was going to turn into but... a musical. This was great. Oh, I can turn anything into a musical. Have we met, Matt? That's like my greatest <laughs> skill. I can add jazz hands to anything, including an episode of The O.C. So I know you didn't get those references, but I think I did an okay job with that one. I'll let hopefully, like I said, hopefully at least one person listening to this is a major O.C. fan because that show very much defined my college years. I was beyond obsessed. I'll tell you what. I wish I wish I could I wish I could beyond the song, which I'm very well aware of. I wish I knew the people in this show because it seemed like you had such passion for these characters. Um, it's one of the it's funny. It's one of those shows that like when it came out, I was immediately like hard no. I am not watching that. Whoa, you are like wrong about that decision. Yeah, um, and it, was, I it was, wasn't like I knew plenty of people who watched it. It was like I don't know if you ever had that with like a certain show. A lot of people have it with certain foods where they're like. At first glance, you're like, I'm never going to eat that. I'm never going to watch that or with a band, right? And it's like, no matter what happened, I was like, no, I will not watch this show. I can't even tell you why. Like, There's no rational thinking behind it. You thought you were too good for the OC, but you know what? You were really missing out. Um, Maybe this is an overshare, but um, in college, I kissed a boy just because he looked like Seth Cohen. So There you go. See? Yeah. Was so, it everything that you hoped it would be? So, yeah, you could say I was pretty committed and passionate about the OC. Uh, you go next. And also, please tell an embarrassing story to go with yours. <laughs> I, I did the Mr. Sneebly last time. So I, I'm, oh, I'm done you're good. with you're embarrassing good. stories, especially relating them to Hollywood types. Um, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, that's Mr. Sneebly <laughs> reference. That. I got a bunch. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> All right. So All right, bring us home. Last one is The Office. <gasps> yes. So the, the hard part with this was that you as trying not to just recreate the episode where they run the 5K. Yeah. So take into consideration that I'm going strongly against what happened in that episode as an attempt not to just copy it, you know, and just, just take it from whole cloth. So with that said, we got Michael, we got Dwight, we got Jim and Pam, Creed. Andy and Stanley because the episode is so because the series is so long you can kind of pick and choose which characters you want to bring into it I'm definitely bringing Andy for sure so Michael he's the star of the of the of the of the race to find uh, a cure for rabies episode which is great he used the fettuccine Alfredo I love such a classic just a classic um scene from from movie him finishing that race but anyway I mean, from a tv show but in my in my fictional unit michael is the kind of guy and this is kind of like um in this team this isn't going to be a high school team like the other two this is going to be more of a like ragtag running group for adults okay so michael is the person who despite being completely invested in the group and in running He's not really getting any better. So instead, he just wants to create the perception that he's getting better. So he just goes and spends a lot of time and effort trying to find and recruit people to go to these races that are really oddly distanced. So like in Rhode Island, he would definitely do like the Neck 18K and races like that. Because for him, it's about the ability to say that he got a new PR. So by 
going to all these like oddly distanced and measured events, every time he goes to them, it's automatically a PR because he's never raced that distance before. So he's just stacking PRs, um, but ultimately not getting any faster. So that's kind of his thing. He doesn't tell anybody about the times. He just keeps saying, hey, got another PR this weekend. Got another PR. Five this year, baby. Keep it going. All right. Dwight is like super running nerd, but from like 1970s apparel. So he has like has like one of like the Bill Bowerman original waffle shoes that like Bill Bowerman actually made with his waffle iron type thing. All right. He has like Emil Zatopek's spikes from Russia which is a big thing for him, right? So he's really into that. He's doing like these really wacky and creative like pre-run drills, not like the A skips and B skips that we're all familiar with. These are like completely out of left field because like the North, like the, the, the some Scandinavian runners used to do them in 1957. Right. So that's where Dwight fits in. Um, and his, his, you know, his running attire is straight out of that mix too, right? He's wearing like a wool singlet. As well. All right. So as odd as Dwight is on this running team, Creed is the true oddity and the true like hub of this wheel. Uh, on the show, he doesn't get as much love as he would on this team because he really is like the oddest character in the bunch. No one really even knows why he's there. He's not really involved so much. Uh, in the running, but he's always there at like the team meals. He's there like after the run for the coffee, but no one quite knows what he's doing. Like he's always kind of like sits apart from the group, but then will always kind of interject into the group, like a crazy wacky story that no one knows what to do with. Uh, but he's kind of like just always consistent. He's always at these team meetups. Okay. Andy is the true running nerd. Um, he's the guy who like has every single, like, you know, because this is like the adult running group, they're really only meeting on the weekends. So he's like the king of hydration. So he's the person who has every single hydration gadget ever. And also he's the person who's obsessed with that concept. Like if a running if a run doesn't go well, it's because of that. It's because of nutrition and hydration and all of those things. He has all the tablets, right? He has all the powders to go into those concoctions as well. And despite that, he's like at, end of, at the end of every run, he is dying. And he's like, you would think that this guy who's, who's all up on hydration would be, you know, be able to, to fuel himself a little better. It never actually comes to fruition. Uh, no one really knows why. Kind of like in the episode of the 5K where he's like, you know, basically putting on his nipple coverings. And at the end of the race, he's bleeding all the way down his shirt, even though he's the only person who put um, such a accoutrement on his body. Um, but who knows why that ended up happening. Um, Stanley is there because his wife or fiance is making him go to these runs. So he's not into it at all. He doesn't want to be there. This is basically like his version of like, if he got like in trouble, like community service, but he's being forced there by his wife to lose a couple extra pounds. Um, but he is not having it at all. And it's really upsetting him that Michael keeps trying to recruit him to these really crazy, wacky races. Cause he doesn't even want to be there in the first place. So that is the office running group. So good. Can I ask you to add Holly to the list? I love Holly. Oh, she would be very like cheerleadery, making sure everyone's following the rules, but like yes. kind of messing it up. Um, I'm sure you have like, 
You know how you get certain lines from shows stuck in your head for like years at a time? Oh, of course. I always hear Holly saying, toothbrush, from when they do the... Um, <laughs> Neely Spence Gracie posted about this the other day, and I was like, oh my God, there's more than one of us. Yes. Um, when it's the company picnic and Holly and Michael do the Slumdog Millionaire skit and accidentally let everyone know that the Nashua branch is closing or whichever branch is closing, Buffalo or something, and... One of the answers is always a toothbrush. I hear her saying that like every time I brush my teeth. I don't know if that's normal. Oh my God. That's see, that's, this is one thing that happens for me. And it's hard for a show like the office is that like, if it's like a super like embarrassing moment on a show, I can't watch it. I physically can't do it. Like so, give me an example. Like that's a great example. I never watched that scene. Oh yeah. It's cringy. I, I have to eat. Like if my wife is watching a show like that, and I know what's coming. I literally just leave the room. Wait, but that's like 80% of The Office. Yeah, it's a high, it really has to be a pretty does. high bar when watching The Office because so many parts get to start approaching it. But this is like on a different level. So that's an episode that like I won't rewatch a ton Yeah, because I get like I start cringing and I just have to stop. Secondhand embarrassment for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was fun, Matt. This Such was so fun much fun. Idea. Thank yeah. you. For, for being on board with this. I'm so excited that you were excited um, about doing this one. Uh, this was, gosh, this was so much fun. And I'll tell you what, that Shit's Creek one, that made it, that was, that was worth it. That was pure genius. I probably should have saved that for last. I kind of came in hot and then ended up just being really mad at like Dawson. And um, yeah, but you know what? This was our first go around. I think we both did a great job. We gave it our best efforts and I'm proud of you. Oh, Yo, you're doing great. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think we should open it up? Maybe people want to submit their own? Yes, 100%. Yeah. People should submit their own via direct message to either one of us. And maybe the next next month we will read. We can each pick a favorite and we can read them on that episode. So people... Whether... Right, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me say oh. this. I don't know if DM is going to work because I feel like if, if someone takes much. your lead... This might have to be like 50 consecutive DMs because there's going to be like a length restriction. Yeah, that's How about fine. Just rambling runner podcast at gmail.com. Love that for you. That yeah, way you're not going to be capped in terms of space. If you want, you know, make sure that you write thin at the end of your script, like I'm sure Allie did when she was writing her Shit's Creek episode. No, um, I wrote cue music and I did my outro music. Exactly. exactly. Uh, yeah, you can submit them there. Rambling Runner Podcast at gmail.com. I will forward all of them to Allie right away. That way you'll be you'll be all good to go from a length from a length standpoint. And you won't have to worry about like it not being saved in your DMs as you're writing your first draft or whatever. So, Allie, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so much fun rambling. On the run. Mm, what you say. Mm. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of In Post Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.